Yeah, it's Wednesday. I, I actually got lost in my thoughts there for a moment and forgot to open my fader. How are you doing? It's Wednesday. It's the 10th of uh, May 2023. Richie Allen with you as usual till 7 o'clock this evening. I'll be taking your telephone calls along the way today, your Skypes and your WhatsApps. So get in touch with me, please. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yes, I was kind of lost in my own thoughts there for a moment. I don't know what was going on at all, dear listener. I was just daydreaming. It's not like me at all. I nearly went over the time. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good, uh, good, good, good afternoon to you. I'll be taking your telephone calls and Skypes and WhatsApps, as I've already said shortly. You don't need, I, I, I would like you to call in. If you'd like to send a message to the programme, use the Richie Allen Show app or leave a message via the website richieallen.co.uk. It is indeed Wednesday. It is uh, indeed the 10th of May. And before we take the telephone calls, we'll have a chat, you and me, because um, there are some interesting things going on. Aren't there always? What's new, says you. But uh, the contact details for the programme, they are available on the website. They're also available on the Facebook and the Twitter pages for the programme. Here they are, in case you've forgotten them. Oh, Richie. Don't start, Richie. Here, here they are. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. That is what you get for daydreaming. But there is a WhatsApp account for the programme now, a number to unlock it. It's a bit of a mystery. Go to the website, go to Facebook or Twitter and you'll find it there. There is a QR code. You will be able to connect to me and if you like, phone me via WhatsApp as the programme, as it, as, it, as it carries on this afternoon. So from around about 5.30, 5.35 and there's somebody calling already. They're stupid, you see, this person. Because I told you, <laughs> not till 5.30, not till 5.35. Don't be calling me until I'm ready to take telephone calls. I will let you know when I am ready to take telephone calls if you understand me. All right, okay. That's how it's going to be then. Right, um, what are we going to kick off with today? Oh, by the way, I mentioned this on social media today. Um, I want you to phone in, entertain, educate and inform me, please. Please. And today I want some women. I want some women. Are there any women here today? That's right, John. Thank you very much. Arish Moshe Dahole, John. Are there any women here today? I want to hear from women. Not exclusively women, but we need more women. One of the things I have been able to glean from the data over the years about this radio show is the female-male balance. About 53% women, about 47% men. And there are only men and women in reality, okay? So we need to get some more women on the phone-in. So phone-in women just after 5.30, not before then. Hey, listen, the former Conservative MP Andrew Bridgen has launched legal action against Matt Hancock. Have you heard this today? Um, Bridgen was expelled from the Conservative Party back in April 
back in April, it's only last month, he claimed in January that the COVID-19 jab was the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. Now that's Sky News reporting. More nonsense. Bridgen didn't make that claim at all. Bridgen said that this claim had been made by a scientist in Israel, you see. I don't know why they continue to get this wrong. Is it deliberate? It probably is. Anyway, he was kicked out of the Conservative Party last month, as you probably know. The former Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, who himself is suspended from the Tories because he appeared on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yes, it's vaudeville, it's vaudeville. Uh, He condemned Bridgen's comments as, quote, anti-Semitic back then. So Bridgen announced today he has now submitted a defamation claim to the High Court because Hancock's comments were an attempt to, says Bridgen, shut down valid concerns expressed by me. He's actually launched a crowdfunding appeal for his legal action. That smells a little bit, but I'm not going to say any more than that. He said any excess funds will be donated to charities supporting the COVID injured and COVID bereaved. Okay. He's also, as Andrew Bridgen, joined Lawrence Fox's Reclaim Party. Speaking about that, joining the party, here is Bridgen on GB News Today. I haven't lost my Conservative values. I think the Conservative Party currently I I find unrecognisable. I I would challenge you, Andrew, as as the great Tory boy you are, to to tell me one Conservative thing this government has achieved with an 80-seat majority. It's by far the least Conservative government I've ever served in, and I think it's a huge opportunity lost. I think the Conservative Party has lost its way. It it no longer is uh, relatable to the hopes and aspirations of the people. And I think Parliament's lost its way. We seem to have a uniparty. There's no real opposition. And what we do know is that anyone that speaks out uh, against the narrative, uh, as I have done, uh, will be cancelled. I believe we should have a Parliament that legislates for the people. What we've now got is a a Parliament that, uh, that, that creates problems for the people. And that can't be tolerated. We need to reclaim our democracy, Andrew. He was speaking there to Andrew Pierce of GB News, who presents a programme with Beverly Turner. Um, Reclaim, though, as a political party, is a bit of a non-entity. Says who? Well, says GB News reporter Olivia Utley. Lawrence Fox will be most displeased to hear this. What Reclaim has done is very deliberately waded into the culture wars. And the main thing that Reclaim is fighting for, and this is all over their website, is free speech. That is all very well. But as Tom says, that vote is going to be split between the Reform Party and the Reclaim Party. And at the moment, Reform is polling a lot better. The, The polling for Reclaim is so low, it's pretty much impossible to find find out even what they are polling. Yeah. Lawrence Fox, when he stood to be London mayor under the Reclaim banner, lost his deposit. He got so yeah. few votes. And in the by-election, when Martin Daubney stood in 2021, he only got 375 votes. Mm. So it's just... There isn't very much momentum at all behind this party. And although Andrew Bridgen, as he keeps saying, uh, did win the last election with 63% of the vote and his his share of the vote has been going up election by election ever since he first became a Tory MP, there is a tendency among sitting MPs to overestimate their personal vote. Yes. Lawrence Fox will be most displeased to hear his own channel deriding his chances and his party. But listen, it's only true, isn't it? I mean, I've got more chance of unseating Rebecca Long-Bailey at the next election than Reclaim has of winning a single seat. Rebecca Long-Bailey is the MP for Salford and Eccles. 
So she is. She's very loud, Rebecca Long-Bailey. That's like the pot calling the kettle black there, Bolly. It is, I know that. I'm well aware of it. I have an excuse, though. I've had these cans on now for the best part of a quarter of a century. I'm stone deaf. I'm mutton Jeff, dear listener. That's my excuse for sometimes being a little bit on the loud side. Rebecca Long-Bailey is just a very loud Salfordian. A lot of loud Salfordians. But we like that. We don't mind that either. A lot of drugs, you see. That's it. You meet a Salfordian, and they're always very friendly. Salford people, really friendly. But often they're very loud, like loud, loud. And that's because they probably damaged themselves with smack in the 80s and early 90s, you see. But uh, it, it, it leaves them very friendly, but very loud. Some of them, probably 0.01% of Salfordians, smacked up to the wazoo back in the 80s and 90s. Nothing wrong with that. Let's talk for a moment about Donald Trump, the former president of the United States of America. He lost his civil case partly, didn't he, yesterday? E. Jean Carroll, a blogger, a writer, um, sued him, saying that he raped her in the mid-1990s after she bumped into him coming out of a department store. It's Ireland's biggest laundry department, I understand. They went into the laundry department. She went back in with Trump because, this is her claim anyway, because she Trump asked her, upon recognising her, if she would help him find a gift for his then wife, wife number 19, I think. So she says he then forced himself on her in a changing room near the laundry department. Right, so anyway, so officially, um, the jury found in the civil case that Trump did sexually abuse and later defamed the writer E. Jean Carroll, but they cleared him of rape over this alleged assault in this department store. They awarded her about £4 million, nearly $5 million, for battery and for defamation. Trump didn't testify, but he did um, participate in a deposition, didn't he? Which is infamous now. And the jury, which was made up of six men and three women... We're shown this video deposition. It's, it's controversial, to say the least. So this claim was brought to trial after New York passed a law that allowed survivors to sue many years after the alleged sexual assault. And just in case you don't know, the burden of proof in a civil case is kind of lower, much lower than in a criminal trial, which Trump supporters are saying. Donald Trump himself says it's a lie, it's a disgrace, a witch hunt, yada, yada, yada. Trump himself being a pathological liar, that's kind of funny. Um, here's E. Jean Carroll, the lady herself, speaking to NBC this morning. I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed with joy and happiness and delight for the women in this country. This is not about the money. This is about getting my name back. And that's what we accomplished. Robbie had to tell me later how much the damages were. Here is the astonishing thing about this win yesterday. Of all the cases that this man faces, all the legal quagmires, it was one, well, let's think of all the prosecutors, all the special counsel, all the investigators, and what happened yesterday is one five-foot-two little blonde, wily female attorney, and one 79-year-old vice-year-old. Yes. Five foot nine. Five, five foot nine, <laughs> 79 year old advice columnist beat Donald Trump in court. It is a moment which, before yesterday, uh, there was a concept of the perfect victim. Perfect, the perfect victim always screams, 
always reports to the police, always makes note when it happened. And then her life is supposed, the perfect victim's life is supposed to fold up and she's never sort of supposed to be happy again. And yesterday we demolished that old concept. It is gone. It is gone. And I'm, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with happiness for the women of the country. It's really not about me so much. It's about every woman. Yes, says E. Jean Carroll, it's about every woman. Again, Trump says it never happened, he never met the woman, although there is a photograph of Trump meeting the woman. Yeah, I had a laugh listening to UK media coverage of this today. One particular presenter couldn't contain his glee. You've guessed it, Jimmy O'Brien on LBC. Um, It's fair to say that when the verdict was announced yesterday that Donald had been, you know, had lost the civil trial, uh, Jimmy O'Brien basically exploded in his trousers. And and we thought he was dead from the waist down and, and the neck up, but apparently not, exploded in his trousers. The moment was captured, luckily enough, by an intern at LBC, the very moment when a producer knocked on O'Brien's door to say, James, Donald Trump um, has lost the civil case. <laughs> That's genuine footage, that, by the way. I stand by it. Today, Jimmy O'Brien said to the adoring Wokarati, who listened to him, that Donald hung himself out to dry in the deposition. Now, he kind of did. Remember the snippets from the deposition? Remember, remember? I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically. Grab him by the, the, the term is, I hope there are no children listening, the term is pussy, right? This is, Trump himself has said this in the past, right, okay. That's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the Well, that's what, it's, if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. And you consider yourself uh, to be a star? I think you can say that, yeah. Yeah, the unfortunately or fortunately that stars can grab women by the pussy, that's the bit that was a bit controversial, wasn't it, in recent days? And that's the bit that Jimmy O'Brien, working for LBC Radio, jumped on today. He was delighted to talk about that. This is virtue signalling on steroids, by the way. He's actually disgusting. He's, He's grotesque. Unfortunately or fortunately. And you could sit here and say, well, you know, kings and emperors or even relatively ordinary aristocrats, if you go back to the 17th century, would buy and sell their own daughters uh, by dint of dowries. and the, the By dint of dowries. There were no protections for women from, uh, from misogyny or from uh, uh, abusive men until relatively recently. It's one of the great triumphs of wokeism. What? What, what, what is one of the great triumphs of wokeism? What? Uh, from misogyny or from uh, uh, abusive men until relatively recently. It's one of the great triumphs of wokeism. Wokeism is responsible for women being safer from misogyny in 20, 2023. Do you agree with that? Is he right? Wokeism. Thank God for wokeism. Women are safe from misogyny or safer in 2023. Uh, but to, 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 to almost be proud of it or to say fortunately or unfortunately... I'm going to play you to that again because th- this is the stuff that Andrea Jenkins or Jacob Rees-Mogg or Nigel... Andrea Jenkins, Jacob Rees-Mogg, Conservative Party MPs, of course. Nigel Farage, this is the stuff they're comfortable with. Wow, this is libelous. I, I want to talk about this for about 30 seconds in a moment. This is pure, dyed-in-the-wool libel. 
you have to ask yourself why none of this is is actioned. Why nobody goes to a, a solicitor and instructs them. He's basically saying the three politicians in this country, pretty well known, are comfortable and are kind of supportive of this behaviour by Donald Trump. Or Nigel Farage, this is the stuff they're comfortable with. That's, that's the point here. These people pollute our public discourse on an almost daily basis and they are comfortable with this. I refuse to believe that a significant number of people listening to this programme are comfortable with this. But I, I, I struggle to hold on to that conviction sometimes. He struggles to hold on to that conviction that most of the people listening to his radio programme would be uncomfortable with uh, the comments made by Donald Trump. Ask yourself why, in such a clear-cut case of libel, libel is a very rewarding thing. If you're libeled by somebody like James O'Brien at LBC or by Julia Hartley Brewer at Talk Radio, you've basically won the lottery. That's how it goes, you see. That, this is why, when, I, when, I, when I've had my dalliances with the media in recent years, they've been very careful when it comes to what they've said about me. Very careful, because... I would be as litigious as the McCanns, funnily enough. If somebody was to say something on air that was actionable, I'd be in there like Flint at 100 miles an hour. To suggest that the politicians he mentioned are comfortable with women being assaulted and having their genitals grabbed is libel. It is black and white, open and shut. And I'm going to spend 20 seconds and no more talking about that. Why do you think we don't hear from Nigel Farage and his barristers? Why won't you hear from Jacob Rees-Mogg? Do you know the answer to that? And you probably do know this. I'm telling you basically that the, um, the, the sky is blue some of the time. Th the reason is they're all in it together and they're all mates. If we find out next, we won't ever find this out. But if there was a, a media, if there was a, an awards, a, a news media, awards do. We like that term, do in the northwest if there was a gathering of the media where awards were being handed out i guarantee you and this wouldn't be photographed this wouldn't get out there but behind the scenes quaffing prosecco and uh, gobbling down canapes would be the likes of james o'brien nigel farage and jacob Rees-Mogg having a chuckle and a titter together and i i am one i am 99.99% certain of that it's a charade this whole thing LBC, the liberal media, uh, the conservative media, GB News, Talk TV. It is a charade. It is a pressure valve, dear listener, as somebody has been writing about recently. So, um, yeah, funny stuff, that. You might want to talk about Trump when you come on to speak to me in a few minutes. You might not. You know what I think about Trump, what I've always thought about him, going way back to 2014, 2015. But um, why wouldn't Andrea Jenkins, Mogg, and Farage sue Jacob Rees-Mogg for effectively claiming that they're comfortable with women being assaulted. That's libel. It's open and shut. If he said it about me, I'd be on to a solicitor before you could say, well, before you could say anything. The Archbishop of Canterbury, a guy called Justin Welby, has attacked the government, that's the UK government's migration plans today. He did it in the House of Lords. He says the migration plans, which we hear a lot about from Suella Braverman, and the Home Secretary, uh, Canterbury, or Justin Welby, he says they risk great damage, that's a quote, great damage to the reputation of the UK. He said the illegal migration bill 
would not stop small boat crossings and it failed in our moral responsibility towards refugees. Let's hear a little bit of what Welby had to say today. This bill fails utterly to take a long-term and strategic view of the challenges of migration and undermines international cooperation rather than taking an opportunity for the UK to show leadership. Of course we cannot take everyone and nor should we. But this bill has no sense at all of the long term and of the global nature of the challenge that the world faces. It ignores the reality that migration must be engaged with at source as well as in the channel, as if we as a country were unrelated to the rest of the world. It is a siloed bill, not a whole of government bill. It does not draw in conflict <coughs> management and prevention, which drives migration. It does not draw in climate impacts, which drive migration and conflict. Climate impacts, eh? It is isolationist. It's isolationist, yeah, he mentioned the climate a number of times. Let's hear him finish up. It is morally unacceptable and politically impractical to let the poorest countries deal with the crisis alone and cut our international aid. Justin Welby there. Maybe Jesus would have opened Westminster Abbey to the migrants. Maybe, just maybe, I wonder. wonder would any, would any, I mean, he does pretty much, he, he does the entire media. I've seen him on pretty much every channel, including the conservative ones that claim to be the home of free speech these days. Why not put it to him about Westminster Abbey, you know, and the many other buildings owned by the Church of England? Why don't you open up Westminster Abbey to the migrants? Yeah, I think you'd find pretty quickly from Justin Welby, not in my backyard, not in my backyard. Speaking of migrants, as mentioned on richieallen.co.uk earlier in the week, and as covered by the media here, net migration is predicted to reach twice the pre-Brexit figures. This is gaslighting in the extreme, you know. I mean, obviously, I when the, when the UK government, David Cameron, announced that there would be a referendum where the people would be given the choice of staying in or leaving the European Union, I obviously talked up just how bad the European Union is. I mean, I said this we, long before the referendum was ever announced. Programmes like mine, and particularly my programme, spent a lot of time talking about the evils of the European Union, right? And I was surprised when the vote came in in 2016 and the vote was, yes, leave. But I did say at the time that the UK would never leave, didn't I? And I did say that the promises made by the likes of Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg and Nigel Farage and others, that those promises would never be honoured that borders would not be taken back under control, that rights would not be taken back, that that trade deals would not be done with other countries and that things wouldn't be hunky-dory. Now, of course, I had no idea, let's be honest, that they were going to force a scamdemic on us. I had no idea about any of that. But I said clearly and, and many times over the years, I wrote about it, that none of the promises made would ever come to pass. And this is gaslighting. Because a lot of people in this country, the majority of people, they do not know the things that you know and that I know. They don't know these things. And they believed these liars when they said, if you vote to leave, we'll take back control. Migration will reach twice the pre-Brexit figures in the next couple of years. If that isn't gaslighting, I don't know what the hell is. Now, Oxford professor David Coleman spoke to Talk TV today and said 
if migration continues at the rate it's going, then by 2040, well, I'll tell you what, let's hear him tell the story. Here he is with Mike Graham on Talk TV. The greater part of the housing demand, which we worry about so much, is, is due to migration. Yeah. Uh, because the, the natural increase of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, the population living in Britain is, is very small. Um, yes, uh, people move around. Yes, uh, the age structure changes, uh, and that uh, generates a domestic demand for housing. But but most demand for housing is a is a consequence of the level of migration, which at the moment is about um, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand a year net. Mm. Uh, and as you were saying, is 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 expected to become very much higher. We don't know that yet, by the way. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's speculation, but it seems to be a very widespread yes. and rather speculation. Well, the trouble is, politically speaking, this is such a hot potato, this subject, isn't it? Because the people who believe in sort of open borders and who believe that everybody has a right to move anywhere in the world that they want think this can continue yes. forever. But it simply yes. can't. We are not, um, yes. you know, a country with infinite space, to be honest. Yes. If migration uh, uh, continues at the rate which is which is now speculated about, then by about 2040, uh, that would take the population from today's 67 million to about 83 million. Mm. And if it continues until 2061, it would take it uh, to just under 100 million. Uh, th th these are surely, That's mad, isn't it? Th these are insupportable figures, I would yeah. thought. Well, they are insupportable figures. If, of course, at the same time that so many people are coming into the country, you are defunding and basically destroying public services, you know, like it's going out of style. What are you doing today? We're destroying public services while it, you know, like it's going out of style. And at the same time, we are growing the population of the country at the moment at about a quarter of a million people a year. That's at the moment, but that's expected to double. Some have said treble in the next couple of years. What could possibly go wrong? Hi to Roger. Thanks for your message via the app, Roger. He asks about the Future Was Yesterday podcast, which I mentioned yesterday. The Future Was Yesterday. It's about artificial intelligence. It's produced by Nick Ripley and Paul Ripley. So if you go on to Spotify and look for The Future Was Yesterday, but also search for that alongside Nick Ripley. You'll find it, I'm sure, Roger. Let us know how you get on. Thank you. Uh, hi to, uh, to Marco. Thank you, Marco. Hi to Coco, who says, well done to Andrew Bridgen. And now we need to talk about Midazolam. It's been lost somewhere along the way and families have suffered such terrible loss. Bless them all, says Coco. Thank you for that. Hi to Tim, who says, Bridgen is at best naive to think that by joining Lawrence Fox's reclaim party, that it will bol bolster his support if that's what he is doing it for. Reclaim stinks to high heaven of controlled opposition considering its leadership. That's Tim's opinion. Thank you, Tim. And Sean says, of course it was about the money, Kerching. Are you referring to E. Jean Carroll? Or are you referring to something else? Coco says, oh, that's another comment. Dave says, uh, Steve James says, these victims do seem to always come forward years after the assault at a convenient or inconvenient political moment for the candidate. Is it benefiting the opposition? And others ask Steve. I don't know the answer to that, Steve. It's as simple as that. Whatever. I detest Donald Trump, of course, but I can't say 
with 100% certainty that he assaulted that woman. Of course I can't. I would be foolish and you would laugh at me claiming to be a journalist. I don't know. But um, Trump's a bad one. He's a wrong one, Trump. He has been, always. I've never liked him. That's my opinion. Um, hi to Jean Murray. Hi, Jean, who says she's loving the app. You're very kind. And hi to Kean. Nice to hear from you, Kean. You may message the programme via the website. Use comment live. If you don't want to use the app, you don't have to use the app. You do not have to use the QR code to join me on WhatsApp. You don't have to. Just letting you know. And Jean-Ann Crowley was in touch with me today. A font of information. Never misinformation. A font of information. And this is proper mad stuff. Have you ever heard of the Rose of Tralee? Well, the Rose of Tralee is a contest that began back in 1959. It's an international festival, basically. It's, um, it's like a beauty pageant, but not, not a beauty pageant in the American way. It's more of... Um, I don't know, it's more homely. Homely is probably the better word for it. So you'd have roses, women representing counties of Ireland who would come to take part in the Rose of Tralee. You know, they would have a talent that they would perform on stage over two nights, you know. But you'd also have roses from America. Girls from places in the United States who have an Irish connection. It's been going since 1959. Most famously hosted by the late, great Gay Byrne, of course. Anyway, the Rose of Tralee. for girls. That's the point. Get to the point, Paulie. I tell you what, Paulie, you, you go round and round. I know I do sometimes. I'm having one of those days. That's why I was daydreaming at the top of the programme. Daydreaming I am. Anyway, the Rose of Tralee has released its eligibility criteria for 2023. Do you want to hear it? All roses must be 18 years of age by the 1st of January 2023. That's pretty standard now, isn't it? You must be, you must be 18 by January 1st, 2023. But you must not have reached your 30th birthday on or prior to the 1st of September 2023. Right? So you have to be aged between 18 and 30. Criteria number two, you must be female or identify as female. Female or identify as female. Yeah, that's it. We've lost it. The Rose of Tralee is gone. (laughs) Identify as female. You must be born in Ireland or be an Irish citizen or be Irish origin by virtue of one of your ancestors having been born in Ireland, and you must never have previously represented any centre as a rose in the regional or international rose of Tralee selection. So the trannies are in to the rose of Tralee. That's um, a bit mad, isn't it? Ah, well, let's leave that one there. Could get great mileage out of that, but um, I'll leave that one there. Lee says the population growth figures didn't include the offset of circa 100,000 excess deaths a year in the country. I'm just saying, says Lee. It's an interesting one, yeah. Net migration to the UK will be 500,000 next year. But Lee says, well, hang on. A lot lot more people are dying, says Lee, in the country. That's true as well. Grace says, Richie, there was a storm yesterday afternoon. My 10-year-old daughter came home saying... The teacher said the storm is because of climate change. Jeepers. That's not good, is it? 
And I to Declan, I don't, I can't open your message, Declan. There's something going wrong. I'm going to take your Skypes, your telephone calls, and your WhatsApp calls too. That's what I'm going to do. So the WhatsApp, the way to open the WhatsApp is go to the website, go to Facebook, and use the QR code to connect to me there. Just do that. But the old-fashioned way is this way. Just give me a call or give me a Skype. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And remember... Are there any women here today? Pretty straight question that. Pretty simple. Are there any women here today? Nice to hear from some ladies to get the gender balance. There's only two genders, male and female. There's not a rainbow of genders. Uh, Jean has come back on to say it's effing disgraceful. Declan says, um, thank you, Declan. That's a really nice uh, message. Declan Wilson with some kind words for the programme. Really appreciate it. Declan, Kev in Trelone says the weeds of Tralee. Do you get it? We'll have to rename the, the competition the weeds of Tralee. Now that the trans folk are welcome, says Kev. Thank you, Kev, for that. And uh, Richie, not me, of course, another Richie says, is it like the lovely girls from Father Ted? Is it like the lovely girls? I like that. So you have the contact details now. You have the WhatsApp details. Let's get some telephone calls. Let's get some Skype. Let's get some WhatsApps. Uh, Don't want life story. Would like some opinions on the monologue stories. Let's talk about the monologue stories. Let's talk you and me. Taking us there is or are the stereo MCs and step up. Step it up. So you step up then. Step up to the plate and get dialing, get calling then. Stereo MCs and Step It Up from Connected, which is a great album. Looking forward to taking your calls. The Skype line, the phone line, the WhatsApp is open. Let's take our first call then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? That's you. Hello. You're you're live. Who am I speaking with? Hi, it's Matt. Matt, how are you, pal? Where are you calling from? I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Uh, I'm from Barnsley. From Barnsley in Yorkshire, in brilliant Yorkshire. Matt, you're very welcome, mate. So you know how this goes. You get to have your say on anything. So it's over to you. Uh, I was just going to say I'll identify as Matilda because I know you're short of <laughs> female like callers. Thank so. you very much, Matilda. I'll call <laughs> you Matilda. You call me Betty. I'll call you Matilda. Sounds good to me. Uh, Go ahead, Matt. I, yeah, I just can't believe I'm on. To be honest, I'm buzzing. I'm on, but I'm shitting bricks at the same time. Like no uh, need to be shitting bricks. You're talking to a pal. <laughs> you're talking to a pal. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say like uh, I've listened to you for the last few years, and funniest thing by far that I've heard is when you had that rant about that woman on the train. You know, the vulnerable one. Uh, I think you were at breaking point at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you were wanting people to wear masks <laughs> and that, and you, you just lost it. Yeah. But I was listening to that walking street, so I must have looked like a madman, because uh, <laughs> I was just laughing my head off, actually crying with laughter. Kept the same, uh, Matt. D- taking the piss out of it kept the same, didn't it? It did, mate, yeah. I think we all got there, like tipping point, but uh, a bit of normality now. Uh, I just want to say that I think you're most like trustworthy genuine person out of a few that i i listen to or uh well yes yeah, i listen to basically on a daily basis uh like neil mccoy ward on youtube charlie robinson james delling uh 
because there's a few out there like Russell Brand. I think he's doing decent things, but I can't trust everything that he's saying. Uh, I think that he might be one of them. Whereas with you, like you can just tell you're genuine. So. Well, that's all you've got to be, isn't it? Just, just say what it is you actually think, and and, uh, and and not worry about what what anybody else thinks about it, Matt. But um, it, yeah. you, when you mention some some good people there that are doing some good things, yeah, whether it's making any difference, I have no idea. I mean, they're talking about this. Um, you, you, you were looking at fifteen minute cities. I'm in Salford, as you know. And I've seen yeah. more of the the signs recently. The signs saying that the area, the particular area where the sign is, is that it's being considered for low emissions and stuff. And I just think, you know, is are yeah, we making yeah, any difference? Signs going up everywhere, isn't there? Yeah, no. yeah, absolutely. But I think people are wising up to it, and the more that, like, yeah, that you speak to people, it is circulating. And I think they're not going to take this bullshit anymore. Uh, I, I just think. It's got to affect them at such a bad rate now that uh, it's a shame, like human society, like it, it until it comes knocking at your door, you don't really speak out, like or general person doesn't, which uh, is a sad thing, like. But I, I think they're doing it step by step to get like one percent at a time, so you don't know that your next door neighbour's going under or something. Uh, if it happened at such a rate that it happened to us all at once, they'd not get away with it because we'd be standing together. And this um, this kind of poverty thing is happening to a lot of people at, at at once. I go to a fairly massive supermarket in Salford. I might as well say it's Tesco. Mm-hmm. It's the handiest one. It's not because I favour Tesco, but it's very, very big. And I've kind of struck up a relationship with some of the more senior ladies there that are great uh, crack. When I go in there, we have a great crack talking about stuff. They don't have a clue that I do any no, radio no. or anything like that at all. But, you know, I ask them about, numbers and footfall and stuff and they tell me that footfall is really down the place isn't busy people are buying Mm -hmm. bare 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 essentials and they're seeing a lot of harried and worried looking people coming through so that's happening to a lot of people at the same time i don't know if there's any it's a horrible thing obviously it's horrible but if there's any hope in that 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 might push people Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think when it starts affecting people, like yeah, on, on on like the leisure activities that they can do, or taking kids somewhere and they can't do that anymore, it's it's going to get to a breaking point in it. I think. I think. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about like division uh, as a subject, really, uh, like black and white, gay and straight, pro-vax, anti-vax. I was just thinking that ev- everything, every single subject that you can think of. The wanting to divide us, so we're fighting amongst ourselves instead of looking at them in charge, pl- playing the agenda and that. Uh, and it it puts me in mind like East versus West. Like you have your opinion that it's all one uh, cabal or you know like uh, an elite controlling things. Yeah, I, I was just thinking I, I've got like a slightly different view, and same with German uh, terrain theory. I think it's a mixture of both, but again, it's not going to solve any problems by us arguing against it. No, you might be right, uh, though. But but I but I wouldn't argue because my 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 opinion would just be my opinion, and I would preface anything I say by saying, "Look, it's just my opinion." But I wouldn't want to be dividing. I I would do as no, no. as well as I could not to be falling out with people or distancing from people just because they see it differently. I mean, the conversation yeah. is the most important thing in the world, Matt, isn't it? Oh yeah, just to have yeah, the conversation. Yeah. And, and, and some people just have like a stone wall up that they don't want to listen to. You, you can put facts in front of the face and yeah. don't want to listen. Well, look at look um, look. The perfect example of that is the Donald Trump story. Now it's apparent yeah. to me 
only based on the things that Donald Trump has said himself over the years. It's apparent to me that he's not a nice man. It's also apparent to me, based on the things that happened in the last four, five years, that Trump was basically a fraud and gas, gaslit or gaslighted his own base by not achieving or doing anything um, that, that that he promised he would do when he was campaigning for being yeah, president. Yeah, yeah. But but you can't yeah, you, have you just, that conversation with Trump China. supporters. You cannot have that conversation. You know, I'm I'm happy to have that yeah. conversation with his supporters and shut up and let them tell me why I'm wrong. But no, that's identity politics, and it's about yeah. the most important thing that you can. I, I think you're I think you're on the money there, William. Like he's just one of them, into he? he's just false promises, a liar, hypocrite. Uh, but I still think that at the top, there's somebody far beyond that, it, whether it's consciousness at the base level, and it, it's not physical, like they're doing the rituals and the, they're in touch with some other entity or whatever. I think there's something that's maybe watching such as like a football game, East versus West. Right. So I think your, your Eastern leaders and your Western leaders are in full know, like they're all bringing in central digi- digital currencies and everything uh, so they're all going to be playing the same agenda but maybe there is an east versus west in that sense and they're well aware of that and then them in charge they're just sat back relaxing and they don't care who wins because they will just well they will like relocate to the west or the east depending on who does win that's plausible because, matt I, I wouldn't dismiss that that's as plausible as anything that that i've heard it might very well be the case i don't know mm-hmm. it could be the case that xi jinping and and people like um, Vladimir Putin are acting of their own volition. It could very well be the case. I, I, I don't have any proof to the contrary. But, but that's a plausible oh, no, I theory. I don't even know if we'll, we'll, we'll ever know. Like, we, we may never know facts about any of these matters. Like You made a brilliant point there about the digital currency. Don't, are we, if, if my recollection is working today, we are, I think we are only two or three months away from the digital dollar in the United States, aren't we? I mean, they're not. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah, not getting rid of. The, they're not getting rid of. They're not getting getting rid of the cash immediately, but they are introducing a digital no, dollar. No, they just trickle it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what's happening everywhere. It doesn't matter where. So you say, oh, I, I like Putin, and you know, Vladimir Putin is. Um, he's in the right when it comes to Ukraine because, you know, the military bases around NATO and all of this, and and the biological weapons in Ukraine, all very well and good, but um, mm-hmm. Putin's Russia will have digital currency. Of course. Yes, def- definitely. Yeah, yeah. They they're all doing it. Uh, so, and then China, they've already got the social crediting in. So, uh, I think we're scheduled for the digital currency for 2025, from what I've heard the other day. I don't know if that's right. Yeah. So it is coming in, and it, in the right hands, it could be a good thing. I, I think, especially used in government, because then we as the people could see transparency and we could see ev- every pound that was spent on their policies and. Maybe we'd have a say, but the wrong people are in charge, and it's it's about getting in. Which... Tell, tell me this, just looking at your um, the, the the thing about using WhatsApp today is I can see the, I can see your um, your image, your your holding image. It, it looks like you you have a young family. I do, yes, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. Does uh, does it petrify you what's happening and what's coming? Oh, oh we we are, we are doubt. Like, yeah, uh, I've got a five year old that. Well, she means well to me. I've totally changed my life since having a. Uh, like, I don't really drink or go out anymore. I, I do like occasionally just for laugh, like, but not anywhere near I did. I used to gamble every day. Uh, I've stopped that completely. Good for uh, you. 
it's just seeing like she came home from school the other day, like five year old, and she's talking about like the king, and she's she's excited, and I'm thinking at what what age is it right to tell him a bit of truth? Because me, I don't know how my wife puts up with me at times, if you know what I mean. Like, Don't know what's going on there. Apologies um, nope. for, for that. Um, there's there's a glitch in the matrix there. Um, right, so yeah. so she's happy about the coronation and she hears, you know, positive things about this in school. And you're bite, biting your yeah. your tongue. I mean, at five, you're probably right to bite your tongue, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Because you want to let her have a moment. Like she's made a crown and everything, but then she were asking for it on the TV, and I thought over my dead body that that's going on my TV. Like, yeah. But, at the same time, we had a bit of a barbecue and I let her, like, put a crown on me. But there's no way she's calling me Charlie boy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, it absolutely petrifies me. Uh, like, I just want my daughter, as, as everybody does, like, they want the next generation to live in a better world than we do at minute. And uh, until a few years ago, I had, I had no idea myself. Uh, I knew that the politicians were liars and hypocrites, but that's about as far as I knew. And last few years is, I, I don't know. Just... Massive eye opener for everybody, Matt. Yeah. Matt, if, if there's yeah. something you, you, you want to finish with, cause I'm just going to take another call now because the calls yeah, are yeah, coming sorry, in thick yeah, and fast. Sorry to keep you. No, 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 it's good. It's uh, good to I'll, hear from you, pal. Uh, I'll, thank you. Uh, I was just going to say, you, you said like, I've, I've heard you say a few times about, you say you had a dream that these protests, that they're going to march into parliament one day, not her to hair on the head and remove them from power. Yeah, yeah, I mean that I, as a, as a somebody who you know I I'm I'm utterly against or opposed I should say to violence as a means of solving yeah, yeah, anything. Too, so yeah. um, exile would be the thing for me, really, Matt. What, 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 sorry to interrupt you. You were going to say on that point. Yeah, I was just going to say like it's kind of where conversation ends there, and I don't th say it's it's you that should go any further with that because you do more than God the average man by far, but. I'm just saying there's somebody far wiser, far more intelligent, who has far more connections than me, may, maybe yourself, I don't know, out there, that has the money, the connections, that can maybe organise something that, that maybe one day that is possible. Like uh, like these protests where I've been out to London and there were a million people. If if Why can they not just say that that is what we do? We just march or we just say we're not going until... They, they go out at like I don't know what the repercussions would that be if they'd send in the military if if we did manage to overthrow or whether yeah it, it wouldn't be a good outcome but I just I don't think know where where is that one person that surely there's good people on our side that are listening to this now that can maybe put something in motion because I, I'd be I'd make up the numbers and I have mates that would as well but I am a nobody really that I can't sort something like this out but I would I would join it. Uh, and again, I don't want any violence, but these people have got to go. Labour, Tory, it doesn't matter. It's never going to change until... It's uh, it's a good way to end this conversation, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to see a half a million people in London and to think there, there was enough there to take a right turn, I don't know if it's a right turn, um, to the gates of Downing Street and to say, look, we, we, we've had enough of this. But... Um, yeah, we can dream, Matt. Lovely to hear from you today, mate. Thanks for calling yeah, in. Yeah, thanks Thanks for all the laughs and thanks for letting me speak. You're, Thank you. You're welcome, mate. Thank you. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. Um, you can speak. Give me a call on uh, Rich... God, where am I? Skype chat with Richie. Um, the phone number, I'll give you the details. Here are the details. Or you can WhatsApp me now. The way to connect via WhatsApp, basically go to the website richieallen.co.uk. The latest article deals with that, how you can reach me via WhatsApp. <laughs> 
It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, and thanks for the messages too. There are lots of messages coming in. Dean says, with excess debts greater than ever in almost every country, says Dean, let me read that, um, more people are dying now than ever before in history. Jack was on to say, divide and rule, same as it ever was, says Jack, same as it ever was. Thank you for that, Jack. Anton has been on to say, the low emissions zone is the biggest load of bollocks ever. I bought my diesel car, which is fully compliant and has zero road tax, but I get charged an extra £2 per hour to park it in Islington because it's diesel. If that's not pure money making, I don't know what is. Thank you, Sadiq Khan, says Anton. And of course, he's being sarcastic there. I think we've got Aaron on the line. Hi, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. I've got you in the system. I can see you there. Are you there? I don't know if he's muted his microphone by accident, which sometimes happens. Do you want to check that, Aaron? Have you muted the microphone? Or are you there? Hello? He's gone. He was there, but then he was gone. We'll give him a chance to call back. So you can do the uh, Skype with Richie, uh, chat with Richie on Skype. That's chat with Richie. 0161818218 is the telephone number or you can find me on WhatsApp as well. Bike Hub says, I told my daughter at five, but told her that it's only my opinion. She should decide for herself when she's older and done her own due diligence. Most girls want to be a princess and kiss a frog or something. That's from Bicub. When is it old enough to tell the child, do you think, dear listener? When is it old enough to say to the child, when is it old enough to say to the child, um, you see this um, coronation thing that you're all excited about kind of a thing. When is it old enough to start to tell the child a few home truths about that? Aaron, welcome. Are you there? Can you hear me now? Ah, I can hear you loud and clear. I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a muting there going on. Yeah, I'm not sure really. But uh, yeah, you know when you um, you were talking to Jack from Barnsley and, and uh, yeah, you tried to call me then as well. That's I think that's what happened, that glitch. Uh, that's what so, it could uh, be, yeah. It was yeah. Matt and Barnsley. Azza, by the way, is a musician and has spoken to ah, me a long time ago. Of course I remember. I've got uh, a memory fantastic. like a, I have a memory like an elephant, like an elephant. Good to have you, you back uh, on, you, pal. You kindly played my, uh, my song last time. It's very kind of you. I got quite a few uh, new followers after that so thank you for that. no you're very welcome well you know how it works what would you like to say cool well yeah i mean i was just about to go to mexico the last time we spoke about a year and a half ago i mean uh, i'm in a band and I, I lost you know 50 grand's worth of work in march 2020 and uh yeah i was actually looking at sort of maybe moving over there or whatever um but yeah i shot a video whilst i was there and and robert carlisle actually picked it up and retweeted it which was pretty good um, but yeah, you, you said you wanted to be entertained, so I thought I'd tell you a funny story about what happened there. Tell me a funny um, story, I'm all ears. So, so yeah, on the way, I, I was there for about, I don't know, six, seven weeks, uh, and on the way back I got a bit of a dodgy paperwork, and I was at, at the desk and they were checking it in there. Yeah, it was a bit, it, it was really scary, but I got back to the UK anyway, um, and you had to pre-order a test to actually, um, you, you know, to actually be able to fly out in the first place. It was really, really strict at the time. And um, yeah, so I actually, um, when I got the test, when I came back, when I came back, um, I shoved it up my arse. <laughs> you, you did what? I shoved it up my arse and sent it away and I never got it back and they never hassled me. That is so, fantastic. Uh, I, 
and, and I've got it on video as well, so I'm I'm not bullshitting. I don't but, doubt uh, yeah. you. I don't doubt you. What, <laughs> why? What, why? Anyway. It has made me laugh. I'm proper corpsing here. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so, so tell Excellent. me, tell me, um, so why haven't you posted the video of it? Because that's the I, I'd, I'd have posted it. I wouldn't have thought. Oh, of it. Um, I could. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it, I'd probably get into trouble. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I have got it. I can send it to you privately if you like. <laughs> it's what it's what they deserve, um, Aaron. Do you know what? What I read today. And uh-huh. I, I shook my head. I was on Twitter today making contact with um, a guest who will be on with me next week. And I saw that, would you believe it? I saw that <laughs> some, not just some, but quite a few colleges and universities <laughs> in America are, ex- right. are expecting students who attend in the autumn or in the fall, right, to be able to show proof of vaccination against COVID. Oh no, it's still going on. It's still going on in some academic institutions in the in the United States. And yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, but they have just opened. I think there's a date for um, America to be opened again, isn't there? For people unvaccinated, you know. So, so you know, like yeah. you and I, we could we could go there. I think you can get in. I, I don't know if it's already. Well, the the, the World Health Organ the World Health Organization has or the WHO has declared uh, the pandemic to be over. So how okay. these colleges and universities in the United States, how they think, you know, they can get away with that, insisting yeah. that students turn up and they must show proof of vaccination. It's it's crazy it's still happening. They just can't let it go, can they? No. They just can't let it go at all. And what was the Mexican but, philosophy towards all of this when you were there? Well, it was the only time, it was only, the only place in the world at the time that was open. Um, so that's why I went over there. But um, they were still quite, um, they, they still loved the masks. And it was just more of a sign of respect for them. Um, so, yeah, you couldn't go into any. I mean, I, I just kind of oh, I, I really I really hated it. And it, it actually it was it was nice to come back in a way, uh, which is a strange thing to say. But but yeah, um, it was I think the cartels enforced it a bit, actually. I'm sure Max Egan will be able to, to uh, spread a bit more. The, car- bit more the cartels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they very much got control. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's just a. You know, you just take it for granted, really. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, I, um, I mean, the year before I was there, there was there's stories about you know people getting slapped for not wearing masks, you know, by cartel bosses and things like that. But so uh, you know, if you keep your head down, you kind of you can get away without uh, <laughs> encountering anyone really without so. getting a slap in the face from a yeah. gangster. Yeah, lovely. Mm. But what? it was brilliant. I, I went back again this year and and I played nine gigs um, in Puerto Escondido and that was absolutely awesome. Shot some more videos as well. Um, so yeah, you know things have really turned around and, that, and now you know things are really opening up again because you know the band's playing um, the F1 Grand Prix in the summer uh, and the Mini Moto, uh, not the Mini Moto, the uh, Moto GP. Um, so that's you know so the work's coming back for musicians, which is really good. Um, what I did want to say actually, but you know uh, when Whitley uh, is it Strieber or Striber who was on yesterday? Whitley Strieber, yeah. Strieber, yeah, absolutely. It brought me to tears. Is is um, his tale about um, his wife Annie. He, he, I was I was actually driving down the motorway and um, yeah, I, I had it on uh, today. Actually, I listened to it. You know, I didn't listen to it live. And uh, yeah, it, it really brought me to tears. It's it's, it's a beautiful story. Um, and um, I didn't know if um, have you heard of. Um, on the same subject, James Fox, who's on Joe Rogan. Um, he's I, a filmmaker, and he made something, Moment of Contact, about a, um, a UFO crash, or what's, what they called, UAP. I, I wouldn't have uh, had a clue, except for 
that particular episode was suggested to me by Spotify. Rogan's ah, episode. There you go. Other, okay, otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have James known. Fox, so, yeah. and, and you can stream the. the uh, I'm, I'm only about um, an hour and a half in, but um, there's a there's a, um, a documentary made called Moment of Contact about a crash in Brazil, and it's meant to be amazing. So that's my viewing for tonight. Um, and obviously, there's Bob Lazar. He was quite a big uh, uh, protagonist. Uh, well, not protagonist, but he, uh, yeah, he he had access to. Uh, all the Area 51 stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great subject, it's a great stuff. subject, isn't it? It's absolutely mm, absolutely. But yeah, I'll, I'll leave, thank you for taking the call, man, and uh, thanks for everything you do. And uh, just want to, I'm just going to leave you to the callers, but uh, yeah, I'm off to Wembley this Saturday with Chesterfield Football Club. So oh, of course, to get there. well, good luck, mate, good luck with that. That'll be that'll yeah. be stressful, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Asa, good great to hear from you, pal. All right. All the best, mate. And mind Thanks yourself. Bye you now. All right, oh, you're very welcome. No, no, no need to be uh, thanking me for doing anything. That's as a Brown, Aaron Brown. He's a very successful musician, really good musician, and a top lad. And uh, yeah, telling us about his travails in in Mexico over the last um, year and a half, two years. Nice to hear from him again. Dan got in touch. By the way, the Skype and telephone details are on the website. They are on. Say it for me. They're on the the Twitter and Facebook things as well. Here are the details. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And Dan, Dan got in touch with me to ask could uh, he come on to talk about. Is, am I, I might be doing the wrong one there. Hang on a second. I'm monitoring three screens now. <laughs> I'm monitoring three screens. I can do that. I can do it. The thing is to stay sober, you see, and not drink the Bacardi until later on. I've never had a drink on air ever in my life, nor have I ever had a drink before coming on air. No, there was a famous or an infamous um, Sunday view, wasn't there, about four years ago. The neighbours came over three years ago. The next door neighbours came over and um, we just went mental, really, on the beer and what have you. And I woke up the following morning just in time to do the Sunday programme. I probably should have, you know, adopted or some level of, some manner of professionalism and said, I'm not in any fit state to go on, but I went on like a bit of an idiot. Dan reached out to me via the WhatsApp and Dan says, Richie, is it possible to talk about chatbots in in relation to teaching? Because there might be, or I think there is a benefit to it. Let's welcome Dan to the programme. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, buddy. All the better for, for um, hearing from you. Where, whereabouts are you calling from? I'm from Somerset. Ah, lovely Somerset. So you're a cider drinker, he says, cliched. But um, no welcome, buddy. So chatbots then. Right, so this has been in the news. Let's put a bit of context on it before I shut up and get out of your way. The current Education Secretary, Gillian Keegan, she has said that we need to give teachers more time to teach and that chat GPT, well, she didn't say chat GPT, but she said that AI might do some of the heavy lifting for teachers, it might do lesson plans, and it might mark the children's work. Dan, over to you. Um, yeah, well, I, actually, it's funny that you mentioned it yesterday, because um, I actually sort of signed up to an account and um, had a play around with it. And um, it was absolutely amazing, to be honest. That's what I found. Um, I, I was actually doing a PGC a couple of years ago, and the biggest problem I found was 
um like the amount of time that was spent lesson planning like especially like when you're early on in the career right um so it's just completely time consuming well Dan, hang, like on. No other... hang on we've got a few minutes now we've got time so let's go let's unpack that to use the terrible americanism let's unpack that so when you say it takes quite a bit of time to plan a lesson take us through that because i i can't imagine it's straightforward so where, where do you begin to plan a lesson and talk us through that time period how long it would take and why well you've got like a general um template that you use um but you've got to like each individual lesson you've got to think about like the the context of what you're delivering and the content of what you're delivering as well so you've got like in the case of maths which is what i was doing like um because i hadn't sort of studied maths for a little bit i've got a degree in maths but i haven't like sort of looked at it sort of majorly in the period that i haven't spent studying it um, so I'm having to like relearn um, this information to then deliver it to a group of individuals. Right. So um, if I have like a sort of fleshing out of a template that I can use, like it's almost instantaneous, then suddenly like all that sort of legwork, which is just literally sort of box filling and just because you have to submit these papers, um, sort of lesson plans so that it can be assessed like during your PGCE year. And then for the next two years after that, you're assessed on um, the lessons as well. Right. So in terms of the, the, like the teaching job isn't so bad, like once you get through like the first five years or so, because like after a while it's just very repetitive and you don't have to sort of think too much because you're just covering the same information over and over again. Become second nature with... then after a while, Dan. What's that? Sorry? It becomes that, second sorry? nature after a few years. You, 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 you get so accustomed to doing it, it becomes you, much easier. It's getting... You just get in the routine and like yeah. the workload decreases because you're just delivering the same information over and over again. Like, especially in something like maths, it doesn't change throughout time. But um, like to start off with just getting that format and that structure, like especially when you're doing your PGCE year, you're having to learn how to do um, a delivery of a lesson and control a class. But then on top of that, you have to then try and sort of think about like the con content of what right. you're delivering as well. And you Whereas, think... Like, now uh, and you think then that the the chatbots might be able to help with that without yeah. without any sinister um, aspect to it because people are worried about these things and you know they're worried about ultimately human beings losing their jobs in every um, industry aren't they Dan in every sector not just um, you know teaching not just medicine everywhere is worried so you wouldn't worry so, that if you start letting the chatbots in the door ultimately it might be. Go on, go on, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about, to be honest, because I think what will happen in a lot of jobs, it will just free up their time to be able to do other things and they'll be able to be a bit more creative with their thinking because they won't be laboured with like repetitive mundane work that should be just taken up by the um, computer. But in terms of like the computer's understanding and like the, the idea of like self-awareness, I don't think that's going to be anytime soon yeah. by Fair enough, right? Can I can I come back on that? So I I agree with you. So maybe the singularity is a way away. But some of our listeners, not me now, you obviously sound bright, right? But some of our listeners might say Dan might be a bit naive if he doesn't think that eventually students will be learning on screens, learning like receiving lessons on screens from a a an AI program which might on screen look like a woman or a man, and then that's Dan out of a job. What do you say to that? 
Um, well, it's a possibility, poss like maybe, but I think like what over the COVID period, what it showed was that it's that interaction between a student and a pupil, uh, a teacher and a student, which is like instrumental in them for a lot of students being able to concentrate on the content of the lesson. Like one or two were they benefited from it being online because like they prefer the isolation and they're more focused on what they're doing. And you could possibly see like for some being taken out of that system and given an online course, which would probably be benefit to them. Right. Like, especially people especially people with autism and that sort of thing. Um but in general, like for those that aren't particularly say motivated to learn, then having that authoritative figure there in front of them. Um and somebody that they can focus their attention on rather than a computer screen. They, they, I think for most, they'll still benefit from that. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you have been hearing from educators and teachers about this? Like, is there a little bit of excitement amongst people who plan and prepare lessons and teach children or teach young adults? They might be thinking, yeah, well, this, this, might, this might free us up a bit. Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, like when I was doing the course, I was doing it during the COVID period, and um, I just became so disgusted with like the way that they were trying to enforce people. Like people, I was having to give out detentions um, for people like not wearing a mask. <laughs> that you're, sort of thing. you're kidding me. Uh, no, and like literally, like you wouldn't feel like, like it was crazy. And you instinctively you, know you were as... allowed to turn around, like. Well, so, it just felt it just felt like you're just sort of imposing this like barbaric not barbaric in the sense that I mean, i'm sure there's like worse things that have happened but it, mentally i think it was just like this regimented ideology that the children just had to obey to even though there was like no empirical evidence to support the situation <laughs> but tell yeah, you what, i felt um, very uncomfortable Felt very uncomfortable about it. And then, and then you had like these um, posters like around the school saying like, oh, get your flu vaccine as well. And it was like, get your vaccine. And like, <laughs> it was a crazy situation. So I, I just felt I wasn't really in a position to um, to sort of adhere to, um, to carry the protocol. On. Yeah, to carry on with it. But I think at the moment, though, like teaching actually doesn't look a bad profession. Uh, for for some for some subjects at least, um, I think so suddenly like the workload, which was the biggest problem before, because like the pay isn't the problem with teaching. I don't think like when I was like looking in the car park of the school, like there was there were like big V8 American Mustang cars, like there was a couple of them parked up there. So like clearly some people are getting paid enough, and in by and large like all the cars look pretty pretty decent and pretty new. So I don't think pays the issue primarily. It's like the workload, like especially like at, to start off with, and um, yeah, maybe this might help. Like it's a nice, um, it's 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 a nice bit of. Um, I shouldn't say a right of reply, but it's nice to hear that perspective, Dan. It really is because, uh, but I I I I remain worried that ultimately, yeah. you know, I think it, yeah, I think you've got to be scared. I think you've got to sort of. Be, be on your guard against things that can be used nefariously. Yeah. Um, because like, obviously it's new technologies and we're not sure how they're going to be used. And there's always like bad actors that will try and exploit the um, technologies. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's qu quite the point where these computers are sentient and they're going to be sort of, you're going to be falling in love with your, your. Um... <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right, Dan. <laughs>
I hope no, that... no, no, I'm sure there'll be like some example in America in the not too distant future where someone's actually like married like ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, God, God love Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer is gone, yeah, yeah. but that's the kind of thing you might have expected to see. I've got um, Isabella, who uh, is uh, an English teacher in Italy, so I'm going to take her on next. But uh, brilliant yeah. call, Dan. Thanks for calling in in Somerset. Lovely to hear from you. Yeah, nice to speak to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. So Dan's then teacher, he says, well, you know, not too bad. Um, these chat bots, they, they can be uh, helpful. They can be useful when it comes to, um, you know, freeing up teachers to actually teach. You can, I'm getting a lot of WhatsApp calls, by the way. You may uh, contact the programme via Skype or via the landline. Here are the details. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Let me read a couple of quick comments. Isabel says, I remember Max Egan mentioned the cartel in Mexico enforcing COVID rules, but I think Max also said they were empowering people and forcing businesses to be allowed to remain open. I guess that was pure selfishness, says Isabel. Drug dealers would be too exposed if all the businesses and the roads were closed, says Isabel. Yeah, and Mark is, has, has reached out. That's Mark with a C who mentions another possible guest. Thanks, Mark. I'll have a look into that. Thank you very much indeed. Martin came on to say, Whitley, Whitley Streber also gave us a tear. I guess we are human. Thanks so much for that. And uh, Marcus has been on to say, has got on the bus home from doing his cleaning job, his DJing job. Um, we'll be back. He'll be back doing the DJing as soon as the passport um, shitstorm, he says, is sorted. Uh, thank you for that, Marcus. Good to hear from you. You can message me through the website as well. It's richieallen.co.uk. Live comment there. The time is coming up for 13 minutes past the hour. Try and get through as many calls as I possibly can. Let's welcome Isabella to the show. We spoke about two years ago, I think, Isabella. Um, no, I've Did never we not? spoken to you before. Have you not? Because I'm, no. I'm, chan- I'm thinking I spoke to somebody, an English-speaking person in Italy, but maybe it wasn't uh-huh. a teacher. I'm sure I did, but I've, I've obviously got it mixed up. Listen, oh, you, you're very welcome, no, by I the do, way. Yeah, I do remember you were speaking to somebody from Italy before, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what it wasn't is. It? Yeah, it's my silly brain. Yeah. Whereabouts in um, <laughs> Italy are you, by the way? I'm um, near Milan, between Milan and Bergamo. That's a place to be tonight, Milan, eh? Ah. Well, it's not too bad. You've got Inter and AC playing in the semi-finals of the Champions League tonight in the San Siro. It's going to be Bedlam there. I don't really follow it. You don't follow it. You're better off. Well, listen, so you're an English teacher in in Italy. And was it something that Dan said that um, prompted you to call in or did you want to take us in a new Mm -hmm. direction? Uh, well, no, I was I was thinking about that anyway because I, you know, I I teach not in a school, but I, I help kids after school. Uh, and I, I used to teach adults. I've been teaching here for about 25 years. And uh, so I've moved more to doing work with kids. And I've just noticed over the years, probably in the last, especially the last five to six years, that the books are just more and more full of these articles uh, going on and on about climate change and and just doom and gloom. The poor kids must be. I mean, they're, they're terrified, basically. And uh, I just think it's disgusting because I don't, you know, don't realise why. I mean, there are so many other things that they they can write about and have the kids, you know, um, to learn, you know, to help them to learn English. It's just that I, I've just noticed it more and more. They're, and not only their English books, but other textbooks as well. 
that is bringing this whole agenda into into the school and indoctrinating the kids. It's incredible. And if you're five, six, seven years old, you, as far as I remember anyway, I mean, I don't remember mm. very well being that age, but I've read a little bit about it. You do, and you'll have had experience of speaking a mm. lot to these children, Isabella. You do take things very literally, don't you, when you're that age? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, I'm talking about kids that are in the middle school. So they're, you know, from about 13 onwards. Um, I don't really work with the really young kids, right. but um, so high school, yeah, middle school and high school. And um, yeah, I mean, they do, they, they get worried anyway, because they know, I mean, but they don't really think about, I suppose, well, they, they only believe what they're told, that's it. So they don't really sit there. I was trying, you know, engage them in conversation. So what do you think? Do you think it's real? Do you, you know, I mean, I was trying to explain to them that climate is always changing. So what does it mean? This kind of thing, you know, sort of just trying to bring them into into a sort of a different mindset but it's i just think it's very strange it's just something that i've noticed over 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 time there's uh, been tell more me this, and more of these articles tell me this is that something that you then helping these children after school tutoring and that do you have to be a bit careful about introducing concepts mm. to them like that there is another perspective on this there are scientists uh, who disagree yes some well yes sometimes i have to be really careful like i noticed especially during covid uh, you know, and I was bringing up other things because pretty much from the beginning of COVID, I thought, well, this is a lot of garbage. And and uh, in fact, I stopped watching TV from that time onwards from the very beginning. But I did notice that as well because I was also teaching adults and I had, I had of course, all the, all the courses went online. So I had to be really, really careful what I was saying because some people would get really upset. Um, you know, just when I was just questioning things, that's all, especially at the time as it was happening. And I mean, as you know, here, there was all the footage coming out of Bergamo, um, you know, watching, yeah. watching these truckloads of poor old people um, being carried away. I don't know. I mean, you know, I just found that a lot of people were just listening. The more I found them, the people that were listening more and more to the TV were the ones that were being indoctrinated. I mean, it's just, were, were the ones that were the, the most scared, let's say, yeah. It's because, scary to be around people that are so mm, taken in by it, isn't yes, it? Yes. That's, yeah, a, that's well, a nervous place to be. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think, well, I'm going to see my, some older neighbours because where I live is quite a lot of old people in the town. And they're still walking around with masks. And then I've got my neighbour, he goes out and works in his garden and he has his mask on. So it's very... Still wearing the mask. You know, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah, wearing the mask. I, I still, I, I do see elderly people. Yes, yeah, so do I. I see elderly mm. people mm. in the supermarket. Um, Even, when was I last in the supermarket? Yesterday morning I was in the supermarket, yeah. Mm. And there are some seniors and they are wearing the mask. I've got to ask you yeah. this. With, with, mm. with the introduction of this climate nonsense, in the last mm. few years, you as somebody who understands children, teenagers, you've been around mm. them. Have you noticed any behavioural changes in kids? Because I've read something about kids being less brave and less inclined to be adventurous mm. and daring. Is, oh, is there yeah. any truth to well, that? Well, mm, I've noticed it. I mean, I just think that there's... And it's probably a combination of things because most kids now are just lost in their devices. It's, it's unbelievable how much that's changed. And, and a lot of just, you hear more and more about kids being depressed. I mean, I've got friends with, you know, with younger kids and also some of these students. There's just all these issues of, of just feeling depressed and lethargic. And, and, you know, I just noticed when I'm teaching them as well, they, they, 
they sort of, I don't know, clock out very, very much more easily than before. It's really more and more difficult to, to engage them. It's just like they're zombified or something. I'm not sure. It could be a combination of that. I don't, I'm not sure. But I, I, I do think that it's, it's, um, it's disturbing them in a way for sure as well as everything else because they're you know they're getting lost in these apps like TikTok and god knows what they're listening to on that i don't use it but uh you know there's sometimes they show me some some videos and i just i'm really shocked by how stupid these videos are yeah but they think you know they just they can spend hours and hours on them just watching one after the other a lot of the parents don't even realize what they're looking at they but could anyway, be seeing I mean, anything we, we there, there are a number of schools around our home and some of them are primary schools and two or, two of them are secondary schools. So we mm-hmm. see a lot of school children and mm-hmm. there, it's very rare to see a child walking around not looking at the screen. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's or even just thing. all of them hanging out together, but they're not actually engaging with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I see them just sitting there, each one on their phone, and they might say, oh, look at this. And then they'll sort of engage with each other. But most of the time, yes, they can see they walk straight past my house, and I can see them. They've got their their faces down into their screens. Uh, you know, it's just really sad because <laughs> they could be out and you know kicking a ball. I mean, I used to see that all the time. I've been, as I said, I've been living in this town for about 25 years, and it's it's a small town. There's only about 4,000 residents, um, and it's uh, you know you see you see the changes for sure. I mean, big parks and everything. There's a lot of greenery here. It's really lovely. The, the kids just don't, I mean, they're outside, of course, but I can see them more and more now, just lost in their devices. It's uh, it's pretty sad. Yeah, I, I, I probably have told this story too many times, but when myself mm-hmm. and the missus were in Tatton Park a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, which is a beautiful big country park here, and we were wrestling with the dogs at the time to leave the deer alone, you know, lots of deer. And the deer are very curious, Isabella. Yeah, and, I have a uh, problem with my dog with his rabbits around here. So this is it. You have to <laughs> keep chases after them. Yeah, yeah, keep them under a tight leash in that. But yeah, That's we came sure. across these lovely deer that were pretty, well, tame-ish. They were getting close enough. And yeah, there was a couple of youngsters and they had tablets. Have we lost Isabella? We haven't. Have we lost you? No, we haven't. You're still there. They were looking at tablets. Not um, looking at the deer, but um, engrossed in tablets. Isn't that amazing? And for some reason, we've kind of lost uh, Isabella there. Are you there, Isabella? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you again. The the call dropped out momentarily. Yeah, yeah, because when you're using WhatsApp, there's other calls coming in, so it just blocks off the call. Ah, right. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Somebody trying to sell me something. Somebody trying to sell you something. A ticket to the match tonight. I can't believe you're not interested. I'd I'd be there in a heartbeat tonight. You said you're between Bergamo and Milan, but where where do you come from originally? Australia. Oh, you're an Australian, are you? And how the hell did you end up there? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I met, I met my husband. You met an Italian, uh, lovely. Yeah. Well, I was living in France at the time, so I was working there in Paris, and, and I met him, and within about six months of knowing him, I just moved over here to Italy. So, And we were together for a long time until 2020, when he died, uh, around the COVID time, because uh, he, he, died, he died in July. But not because of COVID, because of the, yeah, he had complications, and of course all the hospitals were closed, and he couldn't get the visits, and one thing or another, well, he died. So, anyway, so I'm here now. I'm desperately sorry to hear that. Right. I really am. I swear I am. I mean it. And you're not the first person I know. In, I can't name names, really but I know somebody mm. who's gone through what you've gone through. Mm. 
denial, well, think, denial you know, of care. The, the, the thing was too that you know we went. To, he had he had um, appointments that was you know that were supposed to find, at least you know find out what was wrong with him, and then uh, you know everything just got cancelled because COVID happened, and then between one thing and another, he had to have an emergency surgery and. Yeah. He didn't come out. He was, you know, when he, I think, was about a week in hospital, and then he died. So again, I mean, I've heard all the stories that's happened over there. They probably did the same thing here. It's really hard because, you know, they, they was so hard to get any information. Uh, I had to break some balls just to get, you know, be able to get into the hospital, and finally they did let me in to see him. I was, I was just shocked because he just looked, looked so bad. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. He, time. He, really, really he was in a bad way in hospital and they were trying to prevent you from being by his bedside. Oh, absolutely. Nobody was allowed in the hospital at all. So, you know, I had to, I just, but I spoke to him by video chat on, on because he was operated on a Friday. You know, I spoke to him with the, with the, you know, with the WhatsApp or whatever video chat and I spoke to him on the Monday and he was fine. I mean, he looked good and he said to me, oh, I'm feeling much better now. I'm going to, you know, come home. I'll be home on Friday. That's what he said. Well, he was dead on Friday. So I don't know what happened. And nobody ever told me anything. They said he had some sort of collapse, but they didn't do any autopsies. Everything was just stopped at that time. It was, it was terrible. This is three so, years ago. And did you, what, yeah. what sort of support did you have there at the time? <sighs> family or oh. friends were you, were you were you alone or did you have anybody there with you oh no i had my my daughter yeah i had my daughter that was about it but that's okay i mean i had some friends some good friends too i've got some really really good friends here in the town so uh you know you just get through these things i don't know it was it was really hard at the time um but you know i got i got i don't know i really don't know it's, it's just the time has flown as well i just can't believe it it's nearly three years since he died but um, you know, life goes on. You have to stay positive. That's it has. It has. It has to go yeah. on, of course, and with, with your daughter yeah. and everything. But but I would I mean, be. Some, I was furious at the time, and you know, you go through all sorts of emotions. It's really. You, and was, just, was, was was I don't know. You find the strength somehow. Was is there anybody, or was there, or is there anybody there that um, even? you know, local authority or anybody who might be open-minded and who might say, you know what, Isabella, we'll, we'll have a look into this because it, it can't be right. This this has happened to a friend of mine, by the way. Mm. Pretty much almost exactly the same thing. And um, I, I, I wonder, is there anybody there who could start, start asking for answers? You know, to say, look, yeah. we can't have this where you just tell a lady, yeah. husband was doing really well, I'll be home on Friday, next mm. thing he's gone. It, I, yeah. I don't know how you... Well done for carrying on, Isabella. I don't know how. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Well, you know, but I mean, you just you just don't have a choice because my daughter was was only eighteen at the time, and so it was you know you have to you have to be strong. She had to finish school and and get on with her life as well. So you just you just pick up the pieces and you move forward. I mean, you know, like I said, you have good friends around you. I have my family in Australia, of course, and all the support that I could get from them. And I don't know, I think it's also in my nature just to get on with things. My mother always said, get on with it. And that's yeah. what you do. Pick up your pieces and you move forward. But uh, and I've always been really independent, you know, so even before knowing him. So I just, I suppose, just get through it that way. I mean, there's just times when you just felt really, you know, it's much easier now, of course, but at the, at the time I was just really angry and guilty 
you know, for, for not being there for him. I mean, it was just, but he had no choice. That, that was what what they told you to do. And of course, then after the mandates and everything came in for for vaccines and what have you, and they were telling us that you know, we had to have these green pass. At the time, you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go. The only place you could go to was to to a supermarket to to buy food. And of course, I didn't take the vaccine, so I didn't have a green pass. And um, how did you get around that? Did friends know, so did friends go shopping? <laughs> I just well, I went out and did what I had you to do. You did what anyway, you wanted anyway. Nobody ever stopped me. Yeah, I mean, you had to you had to wear a mask as well. They wouldn't let you in anywhere without a mask. So we just sort of put it on just to go in through the door and then pull it down and do what I had to do. And But, you know, basically I stayed home for a couple of years and all my work came, you know, online. So there was really nowhere to go. And, uh, but, you know, I, I thought, no, I'm not taking, I'm not taking a vaccine. I'm not going to do it. And uh, so I didn't, and they sent me a fine because, you know, they, they put in a mandate here for people over 50 that they had to take fine. And um, I mean, sorry, they had to take the vaccine. And then, um, I don't know. They, anyway, they sent me the fine, but I haven't paid it. So um, how much, I, I think they've how, sort of suspended them now. How much was the fine? The fine for not taking the vaccine. Yeah, how, it's ridiculous. No, but the, what, what was the amount? How much were they fining people? What was oh, the, um, the 100 number? euros. 100 euro yeah, for not having euros. the vaccine. Yeah. How do, yeah, it's ridiculous. Do, you, I, do you know what keeps me up at nights and it really does and I, cause I, I mean I've insomnia I've lived with insomnia for years I spend a lot of my nights now tossing and turning wondering how could ordinary people because the, the people who attempted to impose these fines they have families and you know these are people who you might meet in a restaurant or you might meet at a soccer game these are our neighbours yeah. how did they mm. become so tyrannical to be doing things like that so quickly <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's just it's just so ridiculous. I, I I don't know how they function, but I mean, here it's you know the taxes are always really high. If, if they can squeeze money out of somebody, they will. But I you know I think a lot of people just have refused to pay it. So now it's kind of been suspended, as far as I know, until June they were going to make a decision about it because it was for pe- only for people over fifty that it was mandatory in that respect that they were going to give a fine for. But everybody else had to take it. Otherwise, you know, at the risk of losing your job. Because I had a friend who was getting tested, um, that whatever it was, test that they put up your nose every two days. She was just to keep her job. And she works in the schools as an administrator. She's not even with the kids. And um, she held out until I think it was about January of 20, 2021. I think, I don't know, 2022. But anyway, yeah, it was 2022. She held out all that time, and in the end, they just they just gave the ultimatum: if you don't have the vaccine by this date, you're fired. So she had to take it. She's been sick ever since. It's She's, incredible. She has been sick ever mm. since. Mm. Seriously, oh, yeah. she seriously feels really sick. bad. She gets colds all the time. She's just all these problems that she she had. She had. Um, I mean, she was in menopause like me, and um, and she started menstruating again after. You know, it was like she'd been in menopause for about two or three years. So after it's just the, crazy. After the jab. Yep. Yeah. But you know, now if you if you talk to anybody about it, they just I don't know, their eyes go blank and they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, because the, because there's nothing wrong with the jabs. What's wrong with you, Isabella? No, no, the jabs are they're fine. Safe and effective. They're yeah. safe and effective. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing I'm seeing mortality yeah, numbers for Ireland. I'm seeing mortality numbers for the mm. UK, you know, excess death numbers over the five-year period. They're yeah. off the charts mm. here. There are more people well, dying you know, in this country than ever before. 
I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the mortality rate is in Italy. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested. I should try and look it up. It's very difficult to get any data. But uh, just speaking to the older people that I know around the town, and they've all sort of have similar complaints, and there's just some that have just disappeared. I mean, like as insofar as they seemed really healthy before, before COVID, and I don't see them around anymore. So, um, yeah, that I don't know. But I heard a lot that you have complaints, especially about problems with their legs, with circulation, and and heart attacks, this kind of thing. A lot. And have you been saying to people, mm. even if even if you fear that they do not want to hear it, have you been saying to people, Isabella, listen, these jobs mm-hmm. can cause you serious problems? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good for you. <laughs> like I say, I do. I talk to everybody about it, and I always yeah. have. I mean, even to people in my own family. Um, you know, thankfully, we've, I've got a very close family, so I haven't had any falling outs over it, but they think I'm a crackpot, I suppose, some of them. But uh, that's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> no, because your conscience is clear because you've said, look, here's some Absolutely. information for you. And well, yeah. take it yeah. or leave it, basically. That's all you can do with people, exactly. isn't it? And tell well, me, um, right. what was the, I'm not saying this now to, to, um, to upset you at all. What was um, your husband's name? Gabriele. Gabriele. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was, um, he was a bit like you, I think. <laughs> he had a lot of energy. He was a baldy gammon. So he was, he was a baldy gammon too. Yeah. He was in the club. Yeah. He was in the club. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was a bus driver, so he drove around all of Europe with all, people from all over the world. Yeah, he was a crazy guy. He, he, mu- good, he must have been very, fun. he must have had a big personality to do that. He must have been did. very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge personality. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good fun. He loved his food and his wine. <laughs> and, and you were together, I think you told me, you were together about 20 years, were you? 22 years, was it? Yeah, 20, 20, 24 years. 24 mm. years, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, you think, um, do you feel him around you sometimes? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Sometimes he comes to me in, in my dreams, I suppose. You say, well, I'm asleep. But it's uh, really quite incredible because it's like he's there and I can feel him. I mean, I can smell him. I can feel him. It's really different from other dreams yeah and is that um because because i asked somebody um Mm. you know i was speaking to whitley streber about this last night but i've asked people before Mm. is that is that helpful when it comes to the grief like knowing that this is not the end and that there's a really good chance that your souls will connect again is that is that helpful i think so it is it's really nice and i remember one particular dream that i had and it was such a beautiful feeling because there were, you know, there's a lot of things happening, but the basic story was the last message was it's about love, and I could feel it. It was like a love, not love that I had for my husband, or love. it was deeper than that. And I woke up, and for like at least an hour or so after I woke up, it was just having the feeling, and I thought I can't, I can't forget that feeling of of deep, intense love. And that's that's what you, I think that's what you have to do for everybody. How that's you get lovely. how you get through any hard times. And just just when you come into contact with with people, what I you know, I just try to, you know, how can I help them? Yeah. Or can I, you know, uh, try and be positive? That's all. And I think through, you know, I have a lot of people saying, oh, I don't know how you did it, you know, so, but I just think if if I can be an example to to other people, just to to see life in a more positive way. It's so hard these days. It's it is so hard. Everything can be so negative. But I think if we just come down to that, it's about love, and that's that's what it's about. Before no. and after, love. 
lovely to meet you, Isabella. Mm, okay, it was We're, really nice talking to you. I've no, been listening to you for quite a few years now. And, well, thanks very and, much. And uh, it's great. It's, it helped me through a lot. You really did. Thank you so no, much. No, well, thanks for saying that. Look, this WhatsApp thing is going to work out now because I'll be basically connected to everybody. So yeah. I have no oh, doubt that we'll speak yeah. again. I have no okay, doubt we will. I would love to. Okay. Yeah. And, um, right. Thanks again I'll, for everything you do. Not at all. I'm going to have... I'm going to sit down later on and watch a film with the missus and I'm going to have um, a sneaky beer and I'll, I'll I definitely I, Well I'm really looking forward to listening to her new programme on whatever whenever yeah, she decides the, the, to come the on Work yeah. has gone a bit crazy for, for, for Caroline I, 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 I'd oh, hope that this would, would have happened <laughs> well, by, by now but she's, she's keen to do it Well so. I'd love to chat to her I'd love to practice my French again I used to speak French really really well and, uh, you're a bit you of know, a poly. I you're a bit of a polyglot well, then. Uh, well, I became that way. I, yeah. I growing up in Australia, I said oh, I'm, I'm only speaking English because that's the only language I need. My father was originally Italian, and he used to get angry with me because I, I refused to speak Italian. And then, you know, here I am, coming, you know, living in in Europe, and and I learned French. I didn't learn French till I was about thirty. So. Yeah, so anyway, and, and I learned Italian and I speak a little bit of German as well. But just, I, I, I call my tourists German, so I can, I can order a beer. That's the most important And that's thing. very impressive. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a damn sight better yeah. than me with my terrible, uh, my, 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 my mother tongue English. And I, I speak a bit of Irish, but that's about the size of it. But uh, can, can, I, can I sincerely say thanks for telling us your, th oh, that story? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. Anytime, Isabella. Thanks for everything you do. Okay, and you well, too. hopefully we'll speak again soon. I have no doubt we will. Thanks, Isabella. That's Isabella, who um, is between Bergamo and Milan. And uh, Dad was Italian and uh, has been teaching English to teenagers there and came on to talk about, you know, the impact that the climate change, um, pro you know, um, prophecies are doing to children and how it's impacting on children in, um, in particularly where she works. And then she went on to talk about how the kids are buried in the devices and how that's causing behavioural changes in in children, which, which I don't have her experience, but I think I can see it myself when I'm out and about. And then she spoke very eloquently about um, her husband, Gabriella, who, um, Gabriella, I, I'm pronouncing it wrong now, who um, went into hospital in uh, March or April of 2020 and, and didn't come out. So thanks to her for that. It's 25 minutes to the top of the hour. It's a Your Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live from BBG Towers here in the heart of Salford. I'm Richie Allen, uh, taking your calls between now and 7 o'clock. There's still time to get in touch with me. If you'd like to contact me via WhatsApp, the details are on the website and how to reach out to me via WhatsApp. But you can do it the other way too. And the other way is to simply phone or Skype the programme. Here are those details now. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. I'll tell you, while I grab myself a glass of water, let me just play a quick tune then, right? If you don't mind. Before I take some more calls. Right, music from Lighthouse Family on Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. We're back to the telephone calls. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. Is it me? It's Coco. Hello, Coco. Welcome back. Hello, It's been Rob. a long time. Oh, well. You are right, our kid? I am indeed. I'd just like to say, let me throw a great big squeeze out to lovely Isabel and her daughter, your previous caller. Um there are people looking out for her and others 
Andrew Bridge, you know, wants to get on to him, and I don't want to keep you long. But do you remember? Do you want, do you want to turn time. me down in the background? I can hear myself in the background. It's very disconcerting, Coco. Turn yeah, me down there. something going on. Turn me off. Turn me off. Something's turn going me on off. here. Um, yeah, sorry, I've got me trying to switch me other phone off. Switch the other phone off, yeah. Just get me off there. So, so um, I'll just give you a second to do that. Sometimes you see people call me on the same device they are listening to me on. So we've got to, we've got to get rid of that. I'll tell you what I'll do, right? I'll call you back. Um, if you just... It's off now. It's off. Well done. Off. Well done. So now you wanted to it speak is. about Andrew Bridging. Go ahead. I did. Well, a very short, very small, uh, short, because I know you've got hundreds. What no, we've got waiting. time. Go ahead. We've but got plenty of time. I wanted to remind everybody to just never forget what happened to us because... Remember that time when we weren't allowed to eat inside restaurants? So they brought all those big globe-shaped perspex tents out to the outdoor diners. Yeah. And so effectively, <clears throat> they brought the inside to the outside, but that was okay because it was still outside. So what was going on with that? When you think about it, yeah. That was nuts. And I remember being accosted by, he was a traffic warden, some fella, uh, and he said to me, excuse me, excuse me. And I thought, I'm not going to talk to him and get a bit scared now. I was in the town, and he, he come up behind me. He didn't touch me. And he said, excuse me, excuse me, have you got a reason to be outside? And I said, I have, yeah. So he said, right, can I ask you what it is? And I said, well, you can ask, but I'm not going to be telling you. It's none of your business. Have said, you well, got um, a reason to be outside? You see, you're right. We should yes, never forget yes. this. They were asking people. In a country that says it's a liberal democracy, they were asking people, like yourself, what's your reason for being outside? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they said for exercise, and they said uh, for going to a doctor's appointment and stuff like that. I needed to go for them. Um, a bereavement card for somebody who died of the very same illness that, oh, it was ridiculous, but I was adamant and I said to him, listen, lad, I'm not trying to be rude to you or anything, but shouldn't be accosting me in the middle of the street, my husband to go mad. Bugger my off, husband's yeah. been dead for 26 years, but he didn't know that. And I said, my husband to go mad if you come up talking to me like this, it's none of your business what I'm doing. How did he, he respond then? Go away. Did he walk away? Well, he was taken aback. He was taken aback a little bit, but I said to him, I'm going now. Don't be following me, will you? Because that, that would be nice for me. I'll be scared of you. So he, then he did retreat. But all of these things collectively, they all amalgamate to us being mocked, really, and laughed at. Um, somebody somewhere, you know, I liken it to... Remember the movie with Eddie Murphy called uh, trading places. Oh yeah, and they had them two old duffers who were making a bet on a dollar. Right, we can ruin his career completely, and we can give this fella off the street, really big mansion, and and do all that. We'll have a laugh in the gentlemen's club. We'll quaff our whiskey, and we'll just laugh at what goes on. I think that's what's happening to us, you know. And you see, you see the so-called elites doing that, just having a right good laugh while we get pushed around like pieces. On a chessboard, Coco, yeah? That's how you I see do, it. I do, and yeah. it, 
I liken it to, uh, there was a horrible little boy when I was growing up. He had a jam jar with ants in, and he'd throw a couple of leaves in, and then he'd throw a match in there, put the lid on, and laugh like the devil when he saw what was going on in. I think that's what they're doing with those lot here. Honestly, I do. And I'm now a woman now. I've seen many, many things in my life, really. My eyes have seen things that I, they, sh- they should never have seen, you know. So tell me this, tell me this, because um, I will take another call in a minute, but I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned Andrew Bridgen, who was kicked out of the Conservative Party because he has spoken out against um, vaccine harms and he's asked for an investigation. He's asked for the vaccines to be stopped to his credit. Let's 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 say that. And um, so you're. Does that give you some hope then when you see guys like him making it to the news and saying these things? Do you think there's something to be yes. optimistic about? Well, only because he took those jabs. God love him. He did it in good faith. He did what he was told to do to keep his constituents and his family, I mean, himself and his family and his constituents because he was holding, um, they call them surgeries, don't they? And people were coming. Yeah. With the masks on or whatever. And he had them jabs, you know, God bless him. He did. And now he regrets it. So I think he's a good fella. I think he's got a good spiritual heart on him. And I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he's he's fighting the cause for the ordinary people who don't get a look in, really. I mean, well, I tell you he, something, he don't get to vote for I'll tell you, I'll tell you something I do uh, believe. Whatever anybody thinks about Bridgen as a man or, or the Conservative Party or any of that, I'll tell you what I believe. Yeah. By speaking out and by getting some attention, as he has done, um, he yeah. has saved lives. Because I have no doubt that some people will have seen that and thought, well, mm. I'm not taking a chance. I'm not going to have another one of these things. So I think he's, um, he's probably, probably done a good service there, yeah. I think he more than likely has. I mean, I don't know the man from a bar of soap. I really don't. And I don't follow politics. Well, I do now, actually. I'm watching them like a hawk now. Only for the last three years when it's all come out and it's been exposed to what's been going on. And you may dazzle and Matt and all the rest of it. That's still got to come out. I remember seeing a thing, Jackie Devo, you had there on your show, didn't you? Yeah, about the Madazalam deaths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you had Gareth. Um, Gareth, you know, Gareth. Gareth, Ike, yeah. Is that's Yeah. <clears throat> and I, excuse me, I watched that and uh, <clears throat> there must be millions. So, but the media millions won't talk. Outside of the independent media, Iconic and, <laughs> and this programme and one or two others. The media won't touch yep. it. It will not touch Medazalam. I, I don't believe any of the so-called free speech stations like GB News. I don't think they've ever mentioned Medazalam, or have they? Maybe I'm wrong. No, they're not. No, I not. don't think so, no. I no. have a look at them every single morning. All of them. Talk TV, all the rest of it. And you know, Talk TV, and oh, I don't know if I should have mentioned them, but they've got a, a segment on their show, and it's laughable. You laugh, you know. I don't know if you watch it, but they've got a segment and it's called Plank of the Week. And every one of them should be honest, and James O'Brainy. <laughs> all of them. They all should be on it, Plank of the Week, because they talk nonsense. They're all giving a script. I think it's about three o'clock in the morning. Something comes through on a fax machine or whatever, and it's uh, tell know. all the presenters to, to say this. Yeah. 
they know all of them. It's it's wrong of me to say that. It's probably not fair of me no. to say that, but I'm convinced they know and they choose to to turn to, to, to turn their heads the other way. Coco, I'm going to take another call. Good to hear from you. All really right. good to hear from you. Thanks for well, using the app, by the way. And you such a senior lady. lady. <laughs> As you've described <laughs> yourself. I'm joking, by the way, but thank oh, you. Well, thank you. All the best. Bye, love. All the best. Bye for now. That's Coco in, in Cheshire. Describes herself as being fairly old. I don't think she's that old. But has used um has been using the app, you see. The application. It's eleven minutes to the top of the hour. This is the Richie Allen show. I've got to make an apology. Um it's not down to me, really, but um the the, 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 the mobile sorry, the, the landline number wasn't working for a time. It, it is and has been working now. It's um it's just mad here. It really is like a spaceship. Um I've got time for one more, I think. We've got William. William, welcome. Welcome back. How are Hello? you? Hello? You're, Can you you're hear me all right? Loud and clear. Nice to hear from you, pal. We've got Good about man. four and a half minutes, so let's yeah. use them. But you use them uh, yeah, as best as you can. Go all, ahead. Yeah, I will do. First of all, um, I wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. Uh, it's staggering the amount that you do do. So I wanted to also advise people to support the program only if they can, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks again for everything that you do. Honestly, you, you do so much and for so long now. So You're very uh, kind I really, to I really that, do appreciate it. But yeah, I wanted to talk about kind of uh, climate change, I guess, mainly uh, geoengineering. I wanted to mention in particular a document that is called Optimizing Cloud Seeding for Water and Energy in California. And this document came out in 2007. And at that time, the governor would have been, of course. It wasn't Arnie, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Was it Arnie? Wow. Yeah, and I reckon Put Arnold me on the spot there, yeah. I, I've, I've got him down as an agenda's man. He's a yes man for the agenda. And he would have been put in at that time. We might get back to him. But the document, what I want to point out from it is that it talks about records in regards to cloud seeding in California that date 1948. So we're talking for over, and it's still going on, we're talking for over 74 years now they've been manipulating the weather in California. And they do talk about projects that, were also going on in Los Angeles uh, at the time. They talk about how they used ground station, uh, ground, ground-based ground stations to release uh, toxins and also aircrafts. They talk about silver iodine being used, uh, hydro, hy, hygyros, hygyroscopic materials, uh, hydroscopic materials. I, I, I always get it, get it wrong, but an example of that would be methanol, ethanol, uh, calcium chloride, zinc chloride, potassium uh, hydroxide, but also uh, the big one I thought was concentrated sulfuric acid. Jesus. Um, which is, yeah, and even the uh, one which is gly- glycerine, I think it's pronounced, G-L-Y-C-E-R-I-N-E. Yeah, glycerine or glycerine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got it down as being a non-toxic, but 
if you inhale it, it causes headaches and nausea. So I don't know how that could be uh, non-toxic. But basically what I want to point out is uh, weather manipulation, weather modification, it's been going on for a very long time, especially in America. Where we've seen, yeah, yeah, because I suppose in my lifetime, when you hear of an extreme weather event, it's usually America, yeah. It's usually yeah. in the in the Gulf region, isn't it? Where you yeah. hear about these things. And I got to remember years ago speaking to um, God, your your the the Nick Nick Begich who wrote "Angels Don't Play That Harp," and he talked about how they could manipulate the Gulf Stream using yeah. the using the harp um, technology, which is blasting the waves of energy into the ionosphere. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing it for years, haven't they, William? For years, and yet. Um, it's, it's, yeah, well, it's go, interesting. Go you, sorry, it's interesting you mentioned harp because I covered a document on that uh, a few weeks ago. It's a secret intelligence service document. I reckon the date would have been about two thousand and nine, and it talks about harp being used for weather modification and, to an extent, even causing earthquakes. Yeah, and it also talks about how the Pentagon knows this technology exists. But ironically, they say they, the Pentagon still is on the bandwagon of the climate change consensus. And I thought, yeah, that's really ironic, that, right? But they, what they say is they try and say HARP got terminated, but then they go on to say, but the rest is classified. The rest is classified, yeah. So. yeah. so is it your belief then, right? I mean, this is a stupid question because I know the answer, I think. If you want to convince... And they don't want to convince me or you. I mean, I think you're a little bit younger than me by a few years. I'm 48. They don't care about me. They don't care about my missus, your missus. If they want to convince the next generation, so teenagers and 20-somethings, that climate change is is Armageddon, basically, well, it would make sense to use the technology to create horrendously devastating weather events, wouldn't it, William? And then say, oh, look, this is what's coming to your neighbourhood in 10 years' time unless we stop driving, flying, travelling, eating, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going, right? Yep. Well, when they when they talk about carrying out geoengineering, in particular, uh, S, uh, stratospheric aerosol injection, SAI, they talk about the effects of it, what it may be. And the effects they're talking about we see today, because, of course, when it comes to stratospheric aerosol injection, it's already happening. We already see it above our heads. That's why the geoengine... This is my opinion, at least. That is why the geoengineering programme they're talking about, it will come in uh, no matter what, because it will be the perfect cover for the already committed crime. Yeah, Not only yeah. that, the sheeple will want it. And they, there's an article in particular where a, an expert talks about future events that will sharpen the public's minds. Yeah, to, sharpen the public's using, minds. Yeah, uh, yeah. Geoengineering. So yeah. there's they they already know what's coming basically, and people are going to want it. That's what they're 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 great at doing, is basically getting us to dig our own grave. I'm going to get into that in more detail next week. It's been a while and it's very important because it's very prescient. Yeah. I mean, especially with the notices going up everywhere that the low traffic, you know, traffic management, low traffic neighbourhoods, all of this stuff is popping up around Salford where they're saying this street's being considered, you know, that we'll reduce the traffic here. 
And uh, yeah, we have to get into that in more detail. William, I'm, I'm bang out of time now. I've got three minutes to get out. So uh, great to hear from Keep you. On. Thanks for the kind words earlier. Um, I really appreciate those too. And Cheers, uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you, William. William there, who is, I can't remember, it's been a while, quite a while since he spoke, Edinburgh or Glasgow, I can't remember. Glasgow, I think. I'll take a punt on Glasgow. That's it for the programme. Thanks to um, everybody who called in. I'm sorry that the landline seemed to be down. It's messy, this, you know. I, I did spend um, 15 minutes on the phone again today with a really nice gentleman from India who works for Microsoft and Skype, and they said that they had identified the problem and that they had, they had fixed it, and that the it, it wouldn't be blocked again and all of that. But look, we got there. We took some WhatsApp calls as well. These phone-ins are going to be weekly, um, as I've said before, and we we uh, they're brilliant. I love doing them, and I, I learn an awful lot from them. I really do. You have no idea. Calls like that from William. Uh, and thanks to everybody who called in, and Isabella especially for sharing her very personal story with us earlier on that. That's um, very nice. Not, not, not nice, you know what I mean? But um, it's um, to share like that, you know, it's, uh, it's very important, I think. We'll be back tomorrow, you and I, at 5 o'clock UK time, usual channels, leaving you with this from Bachman Turner Overdrive. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, wherever you happen to be, and look after yourselves and one another. Speak tomorrow. Bye now.